Hi there, I'm Jake Humphrey and this is High Performance, the podcast that reminds you it's within. Your ambition, your purpose, your story are all there. We just help unlock it by turning the lived experiences of the planet's highest performers into your life lessons. And to mark International Women's Day, we want to celebrate someone who we think is a true high performer by asking her to tell you a little about her journey. Now, there are thousands of stories of people across the world who are performing highly, but we want to hand the microphone over to someone else. We want to allow you to hear Dr. Nishma Manek, a practicing NHS GP. Um, as well as being a doctor, she hosts her own podcast called Next Gen Cast. She also writes brilliantly about her experiences in the world of medicine for publications such as The Guardian, which is a newspaper in the UK. And we think that you're going to love what she has to say. So on International Women's Day, I'm going to hand you over to Nishma. So I'm Nish Manek. I'm a relatively newly qualified GP in Cambridge. Um, I'm currently on maternity leave at the moment with my two girls who are three and eight months. So apologies if I'm not that coherent because as well as being really nervous and feeling like a total imposter, I'm somewhat in the brain fog of having little children. Um, but thank you so much for having me on. I, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I listen to it all the time. The reason I chose general practice is really all about the people. Um, someone said something to me at medical school, which just really hit home about what GP is all about. They said, in the hospital, diseases stay and people come and go. And in general practice, people stay and diseases come and go. And that just really sums it up well for me. So the thing that I love about being a GP is forming relationships with people and their families over time and being a part of people's stories in some way and hopefully being able to help them is an absolute privilege. Well, starting out as a GP, it was really tough. You're kind of working quite a lot on your own. I also had a young baby at home, so trying to get that work-life balance, you know, in a, in a way that I was happy with was really difficult and demand is really high at the moment we're still feeling the after effects of Covid the NHS is still recovering whilst at the same time keeping up with increasing demand every day um, I think general practice sometimes gets a bit of a bad press but people are working incredibly hard so it's a tough place to be a tough job to start out in at the moment. So thinking back to the pandemic um, it was a hard time, as it was for lots of people. You know, I really recognise that it wasn't just people working in the NHS that had it tough. For me, it was particularly strange because lockdown hit when my baby was six months old. So I was in on maternity leave with a baby. Suddenly we were in lockdown and then six months later, I'm back to work. And before I'd left, COVID wasn't a word I would have even recognised. And that's it's quite hard to think, isn't it, that there was a time when we didn't know what the word COVID meant. And when I came back to work, it was a word that had transformed general practice into a job that I just didn't recognise. So it was a particularly stark transition for me. So the job I went back to was completely different from the one that I'd been trained to do. In fact, it was almost like we went from doing one job to doing three jobs. So there's that first job of talking to patients and trying to work out what's wrong with people. And that was made really hard because we had to do that all remotely through telephone calls and video screens, which, you know, is really 
difficult to do actually because there's a lot of nuance that you gain from seeing someone in the flesh and it was really busy as I said demand was really high then there's a second job of trying to keep people out of hospital as much as possible because we knew if they went to hospital there was a chance that they could catch covid and of course we wanted to try and relieve the pressure on hospitals and that was really tough because all of a sudden you're managing a whole new level of risk in the community that we weren't used to and then the third job eventually was being asked to roll out the vaccine programme to everyone at really short notice. So we went from doing one job to doing three. And if you think that before the pandemic, it was really hard for GPs to do one job because there simply aren't enough of us, doing three was was a challenge to say the least. And like I said, staff are really recovering from that even now. Burnout is unfortunately at an all-time high. Morale is low. And I know that people get really frustrated when they can't see their GP and they can't get an appointment. I'm a GP myself, but I'm also a patient and a mum. And I understand, you know, when I want to see a GP, how tough it is. But it's not because people aren't working hard. It's because there simply aren't enough GPs. The way I got through it, I think, was leaning on people around me, my colleagues. You were all going through something together. And I suppose one of the positives of the pandemic was it really pulled people together at work for the first time. You know, I think we really felt kind of united in this crisis talking to colleagues and peers about how hard it was talking to family members at home about how hard it was even I suppose like most people it brought our whole neighborhood together I have this really strong memory it's quite funny actually of how our community set up this whatsapp group that, that I started I love a whatsapp group and uh, we were trying to talk to each other about what people needed and my husband was working extra A&E shifts at the time and we couldn't really get to the shops and things because we we're both working so hard and he's got this obsession with Tesco smooth peanut butter and I just said if anyone's doing a Tesco shop is there any chance you could just get this peanut butter for my husband and I'll never forget this lady dropping three <laughs> three jars of Tesco peanut butter on my doorstep a total stranger so I think to try and think of some light in a really dark place I'd say it really brought people together in a way that nothing else has done before so I set up this leadership programme called Next Generation GP, along with um, a few other people, an amazing team that we have. I'll probably start with why I felt it was an important thing to do. So I really think the NHS needs good leaders. It needs people who want to and who feel able to change things around them for the better. But for new GPs like me, I felt that there weren't really any proper training opportunities if you wanted to be a leader and I realised that instead of blaming the system and other people for that I should look at you know what's in my control what can I actually do about it so I was lucky enough to have some leadership training myself and I felt this sense of responsibility to pay that forward. So I co-founded this free leadership programme for young GPs called Next Generation GP. And it's not full of management speak or theory. The thing that we really do is focus on the human side of leadership. So at the heart of the programme are leaders inside the NHS and from other sectors who come and tell their stories to young GPs. A bit like the High Performance Podcast, actually. It's stories of people. On the outside, you see people's titles, you see the outcome, but there's a person and a story behind that title about how they got there. And it's usually full of failure and mistakes that they've made. And I think actually that's where the real learning lies. So... 
we started with 50 people in a room in London and six years later we've had over 70 programs across the country and one in Australia as well and nearly 3,000 GPs have been through one of these free leadership programs and that's thanks to an amazing team of volunteer GPs who set this up in their own time in their own areas and top NHS leaders again who speak for free in their own time to come and tell their stories and off the back of that I also set up a podcast called The Next Gen cast um, again with these stories of leaders from the NHS and from other sectors so of course we've had Jake Humphrey on the podcast and people from other sectors like Jeremy Hunt the Chancellor Sir John Timpson who set up Timpsons on the high street and that's been a real journey as well it's on a bit of a pause at the moment whilst I'm on maternity leave but I've absolutely loved doing it. So I think I learned three things about setting up something and about acting on an idea and then three things about myself. So the three questions I think to consider if you want to start something, the first is to ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? Because I think fear of failure is a really powerful, big emotion that can paralyse you from doing something. But when you actually break it down, it's often not as bad as you think. So if you ask yourself, what would actually happen? It usually comes down to something you'd lose. What would you actually lose? So for me, setting up this programme, I thought, well, in the long term, I might just lose a bit of kudos. That's fine, really, isn't it? It's not that big a deal. So breaking it down, what's the worst thing that can happen? The second question I'd ask is, who can I learn from? So I wouldn't go it alone. There's often someone who can help, someone you can learn from. A speaker at our programme calls this borrowing brilliance, and I love that. And the third thing I'd ask is, what is the next small step that I should take? I think that we get really obsessed with vision when you have an idea about what is, you know, the perfect end picture, how would it look? And and that's important. But if you overdo that, you can almost get paralysed and then you never actually start. So I think whether you've got an idea, you're aiming for a job or, you know, you want to start a habit, yes, think about vision, but actually think about the first small step in front of you. It's a bit like weightlifting. You don't sort of go, oh, I want to be a weightlifter. Because if you do, you end up trying to lift a a really big weight that you see weightlifters lifting and you fall over and it hurts and you don't want to do it again. Slightly talking from personal experience. But what you should do is just try and lift the smallest weight that you can manage in front of you. Do that consistently over time and stretch yourself and slowly you'll realise you can lift heavier and heavier weights and then you're going somewhere. So the third thing I'd say is just think about that next small step in front of you. So those are three questions I'd ask myself if I was starting up an idea. And that's what I learned from setting up this programme. And then there are three things that I learned about myself and they're all related to feeling like a fraud. And I know that this episode is is being created because of International Women's Day. And I know it's a generalisation, but I think women do this a lot. They feel like imposters. And we call that the imposter syndrome a lot of the time. That's almost a very you know, defining thing, a syndrome. So I like to think of it as imposter moments. So when you're having an imposter moment where you feel like you're not good enough to do something, there are three things that I do that really help. And actually, when you asked me to do this podcast, I had a massive imposter moment and it really helped to do this. So the first was to step outside of myself. And for me, the way I do that is talk to someone and say, you know, what do you think? Should I do this? Someone that you trust, someone who knows you, someone who could be objective. And for me, that's my husband. And when I asked my husband, he said, um, so it's for Women's Day. He said, yeah, I said, you're a woman. 
so you can do it you're good enough and you sometimes you just need someone else's belief other people's belief in you can be a huge motivator and if you don't have someone to ask in the moment think about a diary or reflecting to yourself when have you done this before when have you done something like this before that you can draw upon the second question or second thing that I've learned is to think about how can I use this opportunity so when you're asked to do something or you want to do something you can get really lost in toxic conversations with yourself of you know why me why should I do this who am I to do this that's really wasted energy if you think about it it's not very productive I do it all the time But instead, if you can focus on what can you use this opportunity for? So for me doing this podcast, I thought, well, maybe it might help someone out there. Or if you're applying for a job, how could you use that to further the cause that you care about? How can you use it to shine a light on something that people maybe don't know about? So take your ego out of it and think, how can I use the opportunity? And the final thing is, would I regret not doing it? And that's quite a morbid question, but it's intensely clarifying. If you think, when I'm at the end of my life, would I regret not doing this? So those are my three things that are for myself, for stepping outside myself. How can I use this opportunity? And would I regret not doing it? Thank you so much to Jake and Damien for having me on the podcast. I've completely just humbled to be here, as I said, and um, I really hope that women out there just go and do the things that they want to do. If anyone wants to listen to our podcast, The Next Gen Cast, um, you can find that. It's just The Next Gen Cast, um, wherever you listen to your podcast. It is on a bit of a break at the moment for, uh, for the next few months, but we'll be back really soon. So thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much to Nishma. I believe that she shared not just some amazing lessons there, but also some fantastic questions that you need to ask yourself when dealing with doubt. And these are the conversations and these are the voices and these are the messages that we all need to be hearing. Um, You can also check out her podcast. I hugely recommend it. It's called Next Gen Cast, which is available in all the usual podcast places. And finally, I would love you just to explore the back catalogue of some of the incredible women that we've spoken to here on the High Performance Podcast, including just a few days ago, Dame Stephanie Shirley. Um, I think I said this on the episode, but she needs to be on banknotes. There should be statues of her outside universities. There should be books written about her that every young person at school learns about. She's incredible. And there are so many incredible women that have joined us over the past three years on this podcast. I'd love you to listen to some of their episodes. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Nishma. And see you soon for more from the High Performance Podcast. Have a great day.